0: Go become an expert. Guys, listen it's to what I It's a business
1: say. that we can enjoy. It's a chance
0: of a lifetime. I'm just going to jump in. We at Point really believe that this tool that we have created is our future. All right. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to tonight's uh, Teamworks, uh, as you would have seen in our schedule, as well as uh, the event that uh, Prompted you about this evening. Uh, the topic this evening, I think it was explained in the topic uh, in the in the Facebook post. The topic this evening is, uh, is something very specific. Uh, it's fairly nuanced when we look at uh, when we look at prospecting, when we look at speaking to other people. Uh, when we look at engaging with them, when we try to get other people to come look at this business that we're involved in. Um, and so, specifically, what uh, Nick and Shani Fontone have asked me to address this evening, something that I've addressed in the past. And so, I'm going to be touching on, um, I'm going to be using the slides in a previous development seminar that I did called uh, The Serving Mindset, because that's really where it originated. Um, and so, what we're going to be discussing this evening is. Um, you know, it can be categorised as personal branding, I guess. To um, to an extent, uh, it is, but it, it it's more than that. It's it's more. I would say it's more about uh, how you hold yourself uh, in relation to other people when you are uh, not only prospecting, but even uh, even when you are building your channels uh, with individuals that have decided to join you already. And so I think that's a great topic. Um, like Nick and Shawnee have, have kind of described it as personal branding. Uh, they were also quite specific about wanting to address um, just the respect that you have for yourself and your own time in this business. Um, and so we're going to be going through that. And I hope uh, that the wealth engineers that are joining me on this zoom meeting are going to uh, participate and put their hands up and ask a couple of questions right uh, because that's what community is all about it's not just about a rob talking and talking and talking um, and if you're on facebook watching this uh, you're welcome to ask questions i'll try get to those questions because sometimes they get lost in the chat uh, but jane might be online helping us with that and so uh, i'll try get to any questions that you have and remember, particular to the subject, don't ask me a question about the exclusions in MediGOD. Uh, Make sure that the questions are pointed at the topic this evening. And that's wholly about prospecting. It's about your mindset when you prospect. Um, And so perhaps a good way to start is to is to recognize uh, the the challenge in prospecting. Right. So You go out there, you've become a wealth engineer, um, you're super excited, you've got these massive aspirations in your mind of where this business can take you, and and you want to get out there and you want to show people this business, and you want them to, to catch this fever of excitement, you want to be able to Uh, Get them to relate to your excitement, your hope that you have in this business for yourself uh, and also for the ability to help people. And so, you know, you've got all these different motivations and aspirations when you get into the business. But when you get into the meat of actually prospecting and you've spoken to family members and friends and maybe acquaintances that you have uh, that you're in contact with and then maybe some colleagues and then you get really brave and you start speaking to strangers and constantly you are trying to best describe this business. You're trying to attract them to the business. You're trying to schedule time with them to come look at the business. Uh, you're following up with them and hoping they've looked at the business that they were that they said they were going to. And uh, often what happens is that you are uh, you are met with um, a lot of people uh, who don't stick to their commitments. They let you down. Um, you will schedule time with them. They will let you down. Uh, in the old days when we used to meet face-to-face, you would uh, go out of your way and schedule time to meet with them. Yeah, head office. And uh, and we see those wealth engineers on uh, on the odd week evenings and on Saturday mornings standing alone at the door, looking at the parking lot, going, "Where where is that prospect? They said they were going to come. And then they, they're on their phones and they are... WhatsApping furiously, hoping for a response, uh, and so the reality of prospecting is that it can be uh, fraught with frustration. Right, and and you can feel very disappointed. This is a very emotional aspect of the business because you're dealing with people, you're putting yourself out there, um, and so you've got to be fairly courageous uh, and at the same time vulnerable to be able to put yourself out there and put your hopes. Um, your aspirations on the shoulders of other people because this business really is your success in this business is predicated by your ability to be able to attract other people to come look at dewpoint and so this evening we're going to be talking around that uh and hopefully you've got some questions for me more pointed questions um but i'm gonna i'm gonna start referring to a, a couple of slides in the development seminar that we did in 2019 at this point uh, I'm going to open the floor before I before I get into it, because when I get into it, then maybe I'm not going to uh, speak to you guys so much. So if there are any questions that you guys have at this stage, um, let me know, because I uh, I am here to help you guys. I'm here to offer my opinion and make this a less frustrating process. And a more fulfilling process for you, because prospecting can be fulfilling. And that's really what I want you to get out of this evening, is to be able to come away from this teamworks and go, uh, prospecting is not this frustrating thing I've got to do in this business. It's actually quite a fulfilling part of uh, the process here at point in building a channel for yourself. Any questions, stick your hand up, unmute yourself, just start talking, I don't mind. Nick, Nick, you're never short of words, Nick. Why don't you, why don't you Nick or Shani, why don't you yes. tell me what, uh, what prompted you to speak about or ask me to speak about this topic this evening?
1: Okay, um, super, Rob. So, so I think one of the things that, um, that people need to realize is, is not only what they have in their hand, but what they have inside themselves. So, so, so for me, the thing that I always think about is, um, like a hunter going out to hunt doesn't, um, like he, he he puts a lot of energy and effort into making sure he's got a really cool bone arrow to be able to actually go and do the hunting. Yeah. Um, but he spent hours and hours and hours actually like going, Zip and shooting these arrows at a target. So in other words, he's practiced and he's like really worked it through before he actually goes out and hunts. So in other words, it's it's that it's that inside job. It's that it's that that belief in oneself when you're speaking to people about what it is that you're representing. That is that is the thing that, um, like you, initially when I spoke to Shani, I said, um fully utilizing the tool that you have in your hand. And that was like, the, the, the basis of the reason that I wanted to, you to speak tonight it was like, do you fully understand the value of the tool in your hand? But then and then I went on to say, it's even more than that. It's got to do with um, the tool that you have in your hand. But do you do you what do you believe in your like, Yeah. How do you represent this incredible, amazing tool with what you have inside yourself? So, so that's it from our side, shiny.
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, for me, I think becoming a wealth engineer, you have to become so well rounded. You need to really understand your target market, and you need to know what you want to achieve, and then you want need to know who you want to actually have on your team and you need to know who you want to work with so for me dewpoint really creates this freedom of being able to do whatever you want with whoever you want whenever you want and um, i think a lot of wealth engineers start off just trying to you know randomly go out there and just put everybody into the basket and dewpoint doesn't work for everybody and so when people understand that there has to be a target market, you've got to want to work with the people that you work with and you're looking for like-minded individuals. And quite often people don't know the right things to ask people just to find out, you know, will they actually fit in with Dewpoint? Will they actually fit in with me on a rank nine holiday? Will they actually fit in with with what Dewpoint offers and with what the system is founded for? And I think... When it comes to personal branding, it's such a a well-rounded subject, Um, even to the point that, you know, you can't put people in um, and then spend three months complaining about what doesn't work because you actually undo all of your efforts in, you know, and when you're doing personal branding, like what you're saying on Facebook becomes important. What you're saying on LinkedIn becomes important. You can't. Um, be trying to convince people to join Dewpoint today and then tomorrow you're complaining because the looters are across the road and there's no hope in the country and now you're buying a ticket to go overseas and then next week you're trying to do Dewpoint again and then everybody you've prospected is now dwindled away and they have rather going to join someone else's channel because you look a bit flaky. And I think that's for me what I wanted to bring across today is, is understanding everything you do Says something about you, you know. Do you pay your bills on time? Because that's part of your personal branding. And so, you know, you've got to. You're working with an organisation that's got this integrity. Where's your integrity? And how do you put that integrity forward? And that's just one aspect. So,
1: mm. Mm.
2: yeah,
1: absolutely, Shani. So just just um, on 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 that, um, the thing that I always think about is so. So I've got people in my life that I. That I trust, like I really trust, like if I had to introduce my family to the, to people, I wanna make sure that those people that I'm introducing my family to are trustworthy. Um so so being part of GPoint for five years has been it's been that that sort of journey where I can take anybody into the business. Or I can introduce anybody into this business, and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Rob is going to represent this business at the highest possible level. I trust him completely, 100% with, uh, with what it is he's going to say. Um, he's, there's going to be integrity behind it. If Brendan's going to speak, I sort of think twice, you know what I mean? Um, I'm only messy with you. Um, <laughs> Brendan's going to be like, what? Um, but I 100% trust my friends, and they're my friends. And even though, um, they're the directors of this company are like, so, so spiritually there's certain people I'll go to, um, from a life skill perspective, there's certain people I'll go to But when it comes to my, my finances, and when it comes to a future, and when it comes to trusting people from a business perspective, this is the place that I go. Um, and if people can hook into that and understand there's a brand that you rep, that, that you kind of, rep, that you've got, that's backing you, how amazing is your personal branding going to be? I think that was one of the other things. sort of stood out for me
0: yeah for sure so um you know it really becomes um it becomes an issue of being intentional about uh how you want to behave in this business um you know traditionally you might have not been that intentional about what you wanted out of life perhaps the reason for that is because you didn't feel in control of what you could have uh, for a myriad of reasons, uh, but in this business, uh, we've always we've always promised that you are enabled to empower yourself to such a degree that you can have what you want. Um, but that doesn't come automatically. You are not uh, you are not privileged in this business. You don't come into this business with privilege. You don't get anything out of this business uh, because of. Who you are what you are where you come from you have to work for it but you also have to be intentional um, about your behavior in this business and so uh, that is a good thing because it means that uh, i can decide what i want that intention to be i can decide uh, what i want out of the business and so if rob says and you know through nick and shani if they say to me well your behavior can lead to good things well first of all the starting point to that is some self-awareness as to what i need to change right so if i become intentional about being seen as an individual that represents not only Dewpoint but myself as a business um, people are going to be looking at me what does that mean what are they looking at when they're looking at me do they see hope Do they see optimism? Do they see someone uh, who's got a good work ethic because they believe in what they can achieve through this through this business? And so, all these things uh, come with decisions that need to be made, right? And so, as Shani touches on when she speaks about personal branding, uh, personal branding is pretty much everything about you. It is everything about you. It is the way you speak to people. It's the way you dress. It's the way you do your hair. It's the clothes you wear. It is what your Facebook page looks like, what your Instagram page looks like. It's uh, how you react when you get angry. It's how you react when you get frustrated. Uh, It is all these things, right? Personal branding encompasses everything. It's a very technical term. Um, And so often when we talk about personal branding or these soft skills, which very much uh, decide whether you're going to be successful or not at prospecting, Uh, these are human skills. We can take the technical term away. These are human skills, and we can be intentional about our behavior when it comes to um, who we are and how we interact uh, with other people. And so I would assume that everyone watching this this evening wants to build their channels and so if you want to build your channel, if you want to be successful at prospecting, you have to put your best foot forward. You have to be intentional about uh, about putting that good foot forward and, and understanding what that means, right? And so that's what we're going to touch on uh, tonight. You are most welcome to go and watch the development seminar that we did in 2019. It's called The Serving Mindset. I think it is probably one of the foremost development seminars that you need to just understand back to front because it creates such a significant difference in your behavior and your attitude as a wealth engineer. And that's really where everything is rooted, right? Um, You can pretend as much as you like, but until you actually believe in your ability, not only to change your own circumstance, but to really believe that you have the power to help other individuals at the same time uh, and to change your your agenda from being a selfish agenda to an agenda that includes everybody that you bring into the business. Um, Your time is limited as a wealth engineer. And so you have to embrace these much bigger concepts about being a wealth engineer and almost embracing DuPont's ethos. DuPont's ethos is not we want to be a profitable company and make as much money for the shareholders as possible. It's not that. The ethos is much greater than that. It includes way more people than just the founders and the shareholders in this business. It includes everybody who participates in this business, right? Uh, The ambition five years ago for this business was to change people's lives, Uh, And it's an ambition that drives us every single day. And so uh, we hope that you're able to embrace that same ambition. And this evening, I'm hoping to help you with the lifeblood of your channel. And that is the ability to prospect successfully. Now, you think I'm probably going to coach you on uh, what to say to people, how to address questions, which videos are the best videos. And you you want this clear roadmap how to just bring all these people into your business and that's what i say and when they say that that's what i say and when they ask this i say this and everything is beautiful in my prospecting world and no one ever says no sorry i'm not going to be doing that this evening uh what i'm going to do is something actually more powerful i'm going to hopefully take away the frustration of prospecting right And I'm going to allow you to tap into something way more powerful. And that's what we defined as the serving mindset. And I'm going to show you this evening why serving other individuals is going to give you everything that you wanted and more. Right. So it almost becomes a paradox because you think, OK, so I'm going to be serving everyone else, but I'm going to get what I want in the process. Yes, exactly that. So let's go to sharing. I just need to find this file quickly.
3: There we go. All right, everyone should be able to see this.
0: Oh, okay. oh there we go. All right, so as I said, serving mindset, uh, these are just a handful of slides that are grabbed from the serving mindset. You can go really delve into the serving mindset. Uh, it's a development seminar I really enjoyed doing. Um, at the heart of serving, is is getting rid of your ego, getting rid of, I know you joined the business because you want to change your circumstance, so this this might be like, okay, now we're turning this whole thing on its head, I'm here for me, for my family, for my circumstance, all right, stick with me, we're going to get there. So the heart of the serving mindset is about deep caring for other individuals. It's about having a deep curiosity in how to serve other individuals and being able to set your own agenda aside. Right. Um, And so let's compare, let's compare the two. So one of the, I'm going to go through three slides that kind of, Show you exactly the this kind of this polar opposite of between serving other people and serving yourself. The problem with having your own agenda is there is some desperation that's in it. Think of a salesman that comes up to you, Have you and we've all been sold to, right? You've stepped into a shop or you've had someone phone you on the phone. I had a broker, I don't know, I must get a phone call from these. I'm, I was going to swear from these insurance brokers (laughs) I must get a phone call from them every week right and you can hear that they're reading off of a call sheet Um, and you know the moment they say uh, they respond to you after you say I'm very well how are you and they say I'm great thank you for asking that thank you for asking has to be the giveaway to I'm about to be sold to Um, and so Whenever you sold to, you naturally, you will feel it in your body. You will feel it in your soul that this person is trying to get something out of you. They're not there to serve you. They're trying to get something out of me. And so already in your mind, you're thinking, okay, let me, you know, when can I get out of this phone call? Can I give them an excuse? How do I get out of this? Because you know In your waters, you know that uh, the person is not here to serve your interests. And so the moment you don't serve, you are serving your interests, right? The moment you approach anybody with your own agenda in mind, you're not serving that person. You're serving your own interests and your own agenda. And that person can smell it on you when you come speak to them. Um, And what you do is you try to justify your worth and you try to justify due points worth, right? Because you what you're trying to do is you're trying to you're trying to justify the time that you're taking from this person. And you try to justify the value that you have. The antithesis of that is serving. You remove justification out of it completely. If you're truly trying to serve somebody, you become curious about their position. You become curious about whether DewPoint can help them. You become respectful about their circumstance and their time. Um, and you become you become very uh, authentic about what DewPoint can do with regards to their circumstance. Can you see the approach is completely different? It is polar opposites. The so one I'm coming in and trying to tell someone that DewPoint's worth something. The other approach is I'm coming in and I'm probably asking the person questions. I'm trying to get to know somebody before I assume that DewPoint is going to solve their issues. Now think about the topic that we're discussing this evening. We're talking about being intentful about one's behavior and how that reflects our personal brand. In other words, from the prospect's point of view, How do they see us? Do they see us as that insurance salesman calling them in the middle of the day saying, thank you for asking? And then mumbling off a whole bunch of lines that make absolutely no sense to us because there is absolutely no context because it's a cold call. Or do I have a person in front of me asking me
3: how things are? Being kind enough not to rush into a solution, assuming I have a problem. At the basis of all that is respect.
0: The person speaking to me either respects me or they don't. If they're trying to serve their own agenda, if you're a wealth engineer only trying to serve your agenda, you don't respect the person that you're speaking
3: to. And so I hope you
0: understand very quickly the difference and the and your presence in front of a prospect and the difference that
3: the two offer, right?
0: The next slide is about pleasing versus serving. In our justification, almost as a second step, we try to, we become so desperate to get recognition from that prospect after delivering Dewpoint as a solution that we try to appease them regardless of what they're saying to us. To the extent where some wealth engineers will lie. We've had that. We've had wealth engineers lie to prospects just to get them to be interested, just to get them to come watch an intro presentation. You tell them what they want to hear. You tiptoe around difficult questions, around sensitive topics. Why? Because your agenda is to get them to an intro presentation and signed up. Your agenda is not to help them. If your agenda was to serve them, you would tell them things that would benefit them, even though they might not
3: like to hear that. Or you might still be asking
0: them questions around their circumstance instead of just agreeing with everything that they say. If you're agreeing to everything they're saying, you're not listening, really, are you? So we've got lots of people pleasers. This is, I think, uh, Nick and Shani maybe suffered from this initially, not to the extent of telling people what they want to hear or lying to them, but... To a degree, Nick and Shiny, when they first started and they were prospecting, what they would do is they would bend over backwards for their prospects to their own detriment. And we've had lots of wealth engineers do that. Um, You have to,
3: for one, respect your time. If I'm out
0: there and I'm working hard at this business, You can't appease everybody because what that does is it compromises the value that you have for yourself and your time. It compromises the value that Dewpoint has in the eyes of the prospect. Does that make sense? If you're a yes person to someone you're trying to show a business to that potentially can change their circumstance, They don't see that. They see you trying to please them. It devalues the proposition. If the proposition can't stand on its own two feet in the midst of any objection, well, then there's a problem, right? Either you don't know the proposition well enough or you doubt the proposition yourself. Or you're a people pleaser to such an extent that you're happy to devalue the proposition as long as the person likes me. Why? Because you're so desperate to get them to come to an intro presentation or to join your business. But we all know that people respect us more when we stand up for our values, for our time, for our own dignity. And so I think that's a lesson that uh, Nick, you and Shani learned when you learned to be not rude, not arrogant, but to have a lot more respect for your own time. Um, And let me let me let you tell the story, Nick. Do you want to kind of reflect on on that change that happened for you when you realised that?
1: Well, Rob, I think if if I I can illustrate it, and and every day it actually becomes a little bit more. intense in terms of the the way that i think about it because if i had to have a contract with myself every day okay if if i had like write a contract with myself every day in terms of who i am going to be through this process then you know who who am i going to be and if what i'm saying is outside of who i'm going to be then i'm not integrity with in, in, in integrity with myself if you look at the last slide i love that slide by the way the 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 slide just before this one rob if you could just pop that up um just for one second yep. um
3: stop justifying
1: so, so serving is being really curious and respect respectful about your prospects challenge and what a real solution looks like and i often ask people i say are you prepared to are you do, do you really know what you want? I mean, you know, do, do, you, do you know what you want? I mean, if you, if you had to walk, walk up to people and say, do you really know what you want from your life? And are you prepared to pay the price for success? Are you prepared to do whatever it takes to pay the price for that success? And if you had a tool in your hand that could do that for you, I mean, would, would, would that work for you? Would something like that work for you? Would you be curious enough to take a look at what we're interested in? Would you be curious enough for that? If not, that's great. And, and honestly, um, we we don't, I don't nag. I don't beg. I don't, if people aren't and and it's not that I'm becoming like hard about it or arrogant about it, but I've been part of this business for five years now. And like, I know what value is there. You know, Rob, you said something once, Um, you said the worst, the The worst presentation will never stop the person that is serious about making money, and the best presentation will never convince a person that has you know so, so the best presentation will never convince somebody that is not prepared to to do something, and we're looking for people that have got integrity with themselves they're they are they are in integrity with themselves, they're not they one for themselves and the challenge is that, you know, if you can bring, if you can show that value. In my mind, if you can like see the value in other people, um, but the best way to do that is by really just bringing the value out of yourself. And and the way that I normally do that, and sometimes I, I seem a little bit harsh, and and it's not that I'm being harsh. It's, you know, if you really are wanting to be a part of something that is incredible, then you let me know. I'm not going to run after you. I'm really not going to run after you. You let me know if you if you're interested, because we have a tool that's amazing, and and, and it really is about representing yourself versus running after people, going like, oh, why, why don't you guys, why not well, please, will you come over? You know, um, and we were actually, I think you were speaking about us more than anyone else, standing in the doorway of Point, looking at people, going like, where are these people? Like I've invited fifty-eight people, are like no one's here. You know. But it was because we didn't see the value in ourselves and we didn't represent that value that we had in ourselves. And, um, and if you look at the very successful wealth engineers, those guys are, they just, they see the value in themselves. And, you know, along the way, we're learning these things. And, and I think it's, it's, that's very powerful, Rob. Um, very, this is, a yeah, very, so, I, I love this, I love this topic. It's excellent. So, yeah.
0: So there's really, you know, um, I see one of the, uh, not this, not a question, but a statement from Anna Marie struggling with the balance between following up and being annoying and how to get people interested was one of the questions. What's the best way to do that? Um, The problem is the moment you become desperate to connect people in this business, there's, first of all, the one issue might be you're not prospecting enough. If you're prospecting one person a week, anyone's going to be desperate to get that one person to say yes, right? So look at the number of uh, prospects that you're speaking to every week. If it's too low, if you don't have enough people to speak to, there is going to be some desperation that becomes inherent in your prospecting process. But if you've got a stream of individuals, um, many of the wealth engineers always said, uh, I think it's Lynette who said, she will never run out of names. There is always a name and a number for her to contact. She can speak to 20, 30, 40 people in a day. Tomorrow, there's still more names on that list. If you're running out of names, you're gonna become desperate to sign that last person in. So that might be your first issue and that's typically the easiest issue to solve. The second one is what, really what we're discussing this evening. It's about changing your mindset and your approach in this business. It's about being intentional um, about who you want to be and seen as when you're out there and speaking to people. Um, and for me, in almost every team works I've started, it's about understanding your conviction in this business. If you've joined Dewpoint and you're not 100% convinced about the business, You're not going to fool other people into believing that the business is a solution for them. You've got to sort that conviction out for yourself. So if you've got a couple of objections, write them down. You can send us an email. You can speak to your lead wealth engineer. You can speak to the other wealth engineers in the business about helping you through that objection. Might be a simple answer. It might be something you've got to work through. Either way, stop wasting your time. Sort out the objection and figure out which side of the fence you're on. You either believe in the business or you don't. If you're halfway, if you're sitting on the fence, if you're in that lukewarm water, you're going to be lukewarm to everybody else. You're going to get frustrated with prospecting. It's going to erode your conviction in the business. There's self-doubt that's going to creep in. It's going to make prospecting a huge pain for you. Um, And so really, those are the starting steps. Then when you have sorted all that out, you can then get into how to be intentful about your personal branding and how you approach people adopting this thing that DuPoint calls a serving mindset. Uh, what does it mean to respect your own time? Uh, what does it mean to really have conviction in the value that the business offers as well as yourself? You might be in a system that, and you know, this is true for many South Africans, that has devalued you. When you get a retrenchment letter on your desk, how can you honestly feel valued? When you spend half your life working for somebody else, for working for a company, you know, whether you enjoy it or not, whether you believe in what that business is doing, the result of it is that you get asked to leave because they don't value you enough to keep you in the business. That is the circumstance for many many south africans and so how do you derive value outside of that that's difficult right and so to come into a business like dewpoint where we say you've got all the value that you want to define for yourself in this business and so that's something that you need to think about that's not something that you just automatically connect to because rob says you must you've got to think that out a little bit and go okay how how does dewpoint give me value again? I don't understand that. Go speak to the pensioner wealth engineers in our business. Because they're typically individuals that have left work um, in society. Often we look at people who don't work anymore, who are getting older, to have less value than the rest of us. But if you speak to a lot of the the, the successful wealth engineers who are beyond 65, they've been able to really understand the value that they derive personally from this business. Why? Because their efforts show the value. The effort that Lynette and Fricky put into the business help other individuals. They've created value in their community, in the individuals that they help, in the knowledge that they possess, in the experience that they have. That intrinsically defines the value for them at due point, right? And so it's great to reflect on the older wealth engineers because it happens, I think, more significantly for them. For us, it's harder for us to connect to that value because we assume that we must derive that value in the system that we're all placed in. Oh, I didn't do well at school. I can't be valuable. I don't have a degree at university. Oh, I must be less valuable than people with a degree. I got retrenched. I must have less value than the people who still have jobs. I'm struggling to provide for my family. All these things are devaluing. And so when we talk about dewpoint empowering people, I know the word empowerment has been muddied in South Africa's context. But when we talk about dewpoint having the ability to empower people, it's not the business that's empowering you. It's the potential that you have to empower yourself through the business. And so you need to reflect on that, I think, to be able to understand it properly. Um, and then that third slide from the presentation, stop selling, start serving. No one likes to be sold to. Understand that Dewpoint is about creating partnership. Like Shani said, you're going to be on the beach with these people potentially. You want to have good partnerships. You want to enjoy the people that you get to work with. And so if you're in a position where you are intentful about the channel that you're creating, instead of being desperate and grabbing anyone into the business, we're saying to you, you can actually go out and choose the people you want to be in business with. But Rob, I'm desperate to get anyone in the business. Like if anyone wants to join my channel, they can come join my channel. Do right? you understand the difference in your approach? Suddenly you are desperate. Right? We're going to speak about that shortly. So understand that you can create partnership in this business. It's not about conquesting people and getting them into your channel. It's about being intentful about who you want to be in business with. It's about collaboration. We're not in competition here. As Farouk said, there are millions of people out there yet to hear about Dewpoint, And Dewpoint is not a race. With regards to the wealth engineers in our business, everybody can get to rank nine at due point. It's not the top ten that get to rank nine. Everybody can get to rank nine. Everyone can get to rank eleven. Everyone can earn hundred thousand rand a month. Right? It's not a race, not a competition. You get to build community. So if you're new to the business, you might not understand that. You might not have felt that yet. But once you've been in the business for A little while, you'll start to understand that there is a rich community within uh, within dew point, and then your behaviour gets your prospect to understand. And this is fundamentally the biggest point out of the serving mindset: is that the prospect's experience of your interaction is that you actually care about them. What happens when the person you're speaking to suddenly has this feeling? of this person has my interests at heart instead of their own. That is a wild concept in the
3: selling game. It is. Have you ever stepped into a shop and the salesman
0: seems to not sell you anything? They'll talk about their product and talk about what you have and what you're looking for, and they'll make small talk and they'll show you everything. Without any agenda. Have you ever experienced that? It's a great experience when you feel absolutely zero pressure to buy something. When you actually have a good experience of shopping instead of, how many times do you go into the shop and you go, oh, please don't ask me if you can help me." What's the standard? The standard response is, "I'm just, I'm just looking. I'll call you if I need help." Right, because we know ninety-five percent of the time, those salespeople—they have no idea about this serving mindset, the serving mindset concept. I remember uh, Brendan's father, Dr. Benfield, came to me. We were talking about because he started out as an insurance salesman, going door to door, and uh, I think it's something he learned from somebody else. And he said. Um, I don't know if it was his own words or he was reflecting on what uh, someone had said to him and said, a good salesperson is someone who can just tell a good story. There's no selling in that experience. Right? And so the entire goal of having the serving mindset of having respect for yourself, having conviction in the business, believing in the values that you represent in this business, as well as, the value that you have, the end result is that the prospect has this completely different experience of a typical interaction that might be deemed as prospecting or selling, where this person I'm speaking to actually really cares about me and is willing to help me. And so you've got to ask yourself, what does that look like in terms of my behavior? So go watch the Serving Mindset Development Seminar because we get into that in a lot more detail. But if the end result is that that prospect feels that you have their interests at heart, it will change your your prospecting experience completely. It'll change it completely. It'll turn it on its head for the better. And this was what I was going to get to is the the mindset of scarcity versus abundance. If you don't prospect enough, if you don't have names on the list that never run out, if you're only prospecting a couple of people a week and, and you feel like every prospect that you speak to is a life or death situation for you to be successful at point, you've got the scarcity mindset. If How many... I think in almost every single intro presentation that I give, the question comes up, are we not going to run out of market? Right? My wealth engineers tune in into the intros. That question comes up all the time. Are we not going to run out of people? We're not going to run out of people. There are five, six million people that might be considered an ideal market for Point. We are not going to run out of people. But if you believe that we're going to run out of people, if you believe that you, there aren't enough people to prospect, we get people that say, oh, how do you find more people? I'm running out of names. Those individuals will automatically fall into the scarcity mindset and look at the attributes to having a scarcity mindset.
3: Desperation. You
0: immediately have a lack of self-worth. Why? Because if in a scarcity mindset, when you're desperate, you're automatically going to start trying to justify the proposition. Why do I have to justify the proposition? Well, I'm super desperate to convince this
3: person they need dew point.
0: You have this fear of being arrogant. Right? That ties back into. Trying to appease the person you're speaking to, agreeing with them um, and not relating to them. That's a different thing. Agreeing and relating to someone's two different things. You agreeing with them, uh, you will tell them things that aren't necessarily true. Um, the fear of rejection is massive for you. Why? Because you only have
3: one prospect a week. The result of rejection
0: is much greater for you. Once you're rejected in a scarcity mindset where you're so desperate to sign somebody up, it starts to reflect back on you with regards to your own value and the value of dew point. Every time you get rejected with a scarcity mindset in place,
3: the proposition is
0: eroded. The values of the business and yourself are eroded with every single rejection. And how many times do we have wealth engineers coming to us saying, I can't deal with the nose to an extent where some wealth engineers won't follow up with prospects. They feel so lucky that they got this person to sign up that they're too scared to even follow up with them once they've joined the business. And immediately, all of this conveys a low
3: quality, low personal branding and low quality of business. It's typical of schemes. These
0: smash and grab businesses, right? Some people fall for them, but most of us can smell that they're low quality. Why? Because the person speaking to us is desperate to get us in. They will say anything. They'll say to us, oh, you're going to be mega rich in six months in this business. This business is going to double your money every single day. Right? These are all attributes of the scarcity mindset, and where scams are involved, the scarcity mindset is true, because the scam has a limited life time. With a business like Dewpoint, where we speak about the long-term prospects of the business, we're the opposite. Dewpoint is not a scarcity mindset business. We're an abundance mindset business. Why? because we've got all the years in our life and beyond. There's no rush, there's no competition, there's no finish line. We're not competing with the wealth engineer next to us. We're not gonna run out of market share. The values that esconce dew point are values that typically speak to abundance longevity. We always talk about wealth. Wealth inherently is sustainable income. And so for us, When I go prospecting and I'm intentful about having this abundance mindset, I know that there are endless opportunities in the people I speak to. I never run out of names. I'm never desperate to sign up the next person because there's 6 million people standing behind that person. And why? Not because Rob told me and I'm trying to trick the system because I'm trying to serve the person. And the person in front of me, I've realized, Either doesn't want to be served or Dewpoint isn't a solution for them. It's not about whether I sign them up or not. It's about whether I can honestly and authentically help them or not. And sometimes the timing is wrong. If they're just a number that I need to tick off, then I cast them aside when they say no. But if I'm trying to serve them, I say to them, no problem. Can I keep you updated as to how I'm doing at due point? Maybe your circumstances will change. I won't arrest you. I'll drop you something in three months. How's that? Wow, the other person's like, wow, this person's actually trying to help me. They're not pissed off that I said no, that I'm arguing with them, that I'm just throwing objections their way. Right?
3: Their experience of the situation is now good.
0: There's no end to this interaction the interaction is open why because i invited the open interaction i didn't say next i know we say next 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 to the next one but what you're doing is you are you might be moving them aside but you're not throwing them out and how many wealth engineers have spoke to where people they've prospected have come back years later to come join them right a great example of that. Is Arena coming into Lynette's channel? They spoke to each other four years ago. Arena has just
3: gone rank five this month. So she's added 200 people to Lynette's business in five months. Why?
0: Because Lynette didn't throw her out when she said no. Lynette didn't feel rejected when she said no. Lynette had the maturity to understand that point was not going to change, even in five years' time, that the solution was still going to be there. That point's values are cast in stone and the only thing changing is people's circumstance. And so if I understand that people's circumstances change and DewPoint doesn't, some, some way along the line, those two are going to match up. Person's circumstance is going to match what Dew Point can do for them. And they'll come to you. Why? Because they like you, not because you try to sell to them. And so having an abundant mindset as well makes for confidence. When you go out knowing, not harboring this the weight of rejection, you know there are endless great opportunities. Man, that automatically puts a smile on your face. You've got confidence in your step. You've got confidence in speaking about the business. And most importantly, out of all of this, your worth does not fluctuate according to whether you got a yes or a no. Why? Because DewPoint and you, your values are set in stone. They don't change. You don't act like an idiot on day one and then suddenly you're great on day two because now suddenly you decided to get your act together. Now, on day two, you're going to go out and prospect. No, you're consistent. Why? Because you have faith in the business and what it represents and that you're representing it. People with a scarcity mindset, people that harbor this, this, the weight of getting a yes or no, their value is attached to whether people accept due point or not. Now suddenly I'm reflecting on oh why did they say no I I said everything wrong all that does is denigrates your the value in yourself the confidence you have in yourself of being able to represent your point So if
3: we look at there is Can, can
1: think, I Did you because, want to say something? Yeah, so if oh, sorry man, I'm sorry to interrupt no, you. No, worries. so so, you know, you've spoken about two mindsets. One obviously is a scarcity mindset and one is an abundance mindset. And um, I mean, through the years, I mean, I'm sure there's some people that have spoken to a lot more people than what we have, but I mean, we, we've we recorded like around about 7,000 names of people that we've spoken to through time. And and sometimes with, with that sort of um, approach, do you think that sometimes you could actually have an approach that that's like maybe spread too thin. Um, we, where you, we where you don't actually, you don't serve yourself properly by being that that expensive.
0: Uh, expensive in terms of yeah, like, like, uh, just like, attacking everybody, anyone that yeah, steps yeah. within a foot of you, you're going to, a- 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 or absolutely. six feet of you, you're going to, you're going to no, jump onto them. 12 feet. <laughs> no, well, that's the thing, right? Next. So, it becomes your choice, Nick. It's your choice. If you want to speak to every single person, if you're happy to go on holiday with anybody, it's your choice. You can speak to everybody. But if you're very specific about who you want to go on a holiday with and who you want in your team, it's your choice to go speak to just the people that seem to resonate with you. But behind all of that is your
3: attitude to it. Mm. Do I see them just
0: as numbers? Am I there to justify the business and just get people to say yes? Is that my motivation or is my voter motivation to actually help people? It's not actually who you're prospecting. That doesn't matter.
1: So, so you could be spreading yourself too thin in terms of the value. It's not about
0: spreading yourself too thin. If I So let's take two examples. Let's say, all right. Uh, I only want to go on holiday with, uh, with men in the 40 to 50-year-old age group because I don't relate to younger people, I don't relate to women, uh, and I don't relate to people who are retired. I'm at liberty to go speak to only 40-year-olds. It might be limiting, right? Uh, or I could go, well, I'm going to prospect everybody, um, It becomes challenging now because I've got to speak to a 19-year-old, right? So it might be a little harder for me to relate to what their ambition is. Ah, but I'm coming in with a serving mindset. So that means I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to be learning about these young people and what motivates them and how Dewpoint can serve them, right? It's not about me. It's not about adding people to my first point. It's about helping people and understanding how DewPoint can help them. So what does it mean to spread myself too thinly? Does it become a numbers game? I'm speaking to too many people. Uh, We often talk about being mindful about the quality of business. Um, In our country, many people need need charity, need help. Uh, It might not serve your business, though. And so you've got to make a decision around that. DewPoint doesn't force you to prospect certain individuals. I know wealth engineers that typically only prospect people with cars and jobs, right? Because they know it serves their their business better. Doesn't mean they're not helping those people. They're still trying to help those people. They're still people with jobs and with cars where Dewpoint is able to serve those individuals. It just means I'm becoming more mindful about prospecting more effectively, more efficiently. It doesn't take away from the principle of what we're talking about tonight. Mm. That's a very I, big principle. It's a very important mm. principle.
1: I think sometimes, I think sometimes, uh, like being able to truly serve people needs a very mind, and and as you're saying, you know, I think what's coming out of this for me is it's a very mindful process. It's it's mind like you've got to be very mindful of it. Don't yeah. you know, don't just like hit, hit it sort of haphazardly and flippantly and kind of go like, oh, well, you know, I'm speaking to lots of people. No, but like, how are you speaking to those people? You know, what's, what's your approach? So I think you're answering the question for me. Um, and, uh, and I think there's obviously, I mean, I enjoy these sessions because it just makes me think, you know, this isn't, yeah. this, this makes me think, you know, I know there's a whole lot of people from my team and on Facebook that are also, but, but it really makes me think about me. And take and what sort of contract do I have in place for me, and what is it that I need to now change about myself? So, so thanks, Rob. I mean, that really does answer the question for me. You know, it's about, and I think the thing that's coming out of this for me is it's about, it really is about serving those that I engage with in a way that can truly impact them with the understanding of what it is that I know about the business and the value that it can bring into their life, you know? So, so thanks. So I think yeah. that really answers my question. Thanks. Roy. Yeah.
0: And understand that this is a more challenging approach to have. You know, we all want, we all want the, the study guide that tells us exactly what to say, exactly how to answer objections and that's going to bring people into the business. We want the manual. We all want the manual. But when you're dealing with other human beings, there's no manual. You've got to dig a little deeper and it becomes a more challenging process to be able to go to put your agenda on hold and go, okay, uh, how do I help this person? Does this mean that my prospecting is now going to take much longer because now I'm going to ask questions and I become almost more invested in this process? and. And it becomes, it does, it becomes a more challenging process. But the, the result of it, as you see behind me, is it changes the prospect's perception of you. It changes the response that you receive. You will now get more favorable responses. The moment someone knows that there's no pressure to be honest and authentic with you, uh, then they will tell you. More authentically of what their circumstances is like and whether dewpoint can help them or not, the moment you're trying to sell somebody something, someone comes up to me. The last thing I want to do is give them any of my time. They're taking my time away from me, right? Because they're trying to serve their own interests. and so the last thing I want to give them is time. The moment somebody is friendly and they you know there's no pressure. I don't feel like they're trying to sell me something. It takes that pressure away and suddenly it opens the lines of engagement where I can be more authentic, I can be more relaxed, and I trust what they have to say more. And I listen to what they have to say more. Uh, You are seen to be valuable to the prospect. If you've got somebody willing to
3: spend their time to help you, How many individuals do you think
0: you have in your life willing to do that? I remember when I was much younger, in my 20s, I had a a friend who was moving house.
3: Um, I was
0: his only friend that offered to help him move house. And I reflected on that and thought that was unbelievable. You know, he's got so many close friends, not one of them offered to help him. Are people that self centered? I remember reflecting
3: on that as a younger person. So, if you had to reflect on that now, how many people help you without the
0: expectation of receiving something in return? It is a very rare thing to have in your life. It leads to a much deeper connection, right? So, we talk about quality, it's not about bringing quality people in. It's about having quality connections with the people that you have in your business. Because if you don't have quality connections with the people in your business, there's nothing holding them to stay in the channel.
1: It's very powerful.
0: Right? Uh, it lays a foundation for trust, another massive attribute to have in any business interaction trust. Um, and then, if I get my head out the way, invites unexpected opportunities. Right. This really, this last one, is what opens up duplication in your business. It is a breath of fresh air when you get
3: involved
0: in something, whether it's a business or a relationship, where all these attributes of trust and uh, valuing a relationship, um, turning the sales process on its head, being part of something where there's no competition, where where people are actually here to help me and to serve me. These are all wild ideas uh, that we don't typically find in the workplace. In the workplace, workplace is very much an egocentric-driven environment. You're there for yourself. Your employer is there for themselves. If you're expendable, you're expendable, right, in majority of the cases. Um, And so if you can get all of this right, if you can, step one, be intentful about wanting this, then you are able to self-reflect. You're able to decide how your behavior is going to change. It's never too late. It's never too late to adopt the serving mindset, to change how people view you, to change how people value you.
3: And the ironic thing of all of this is that you'll get what you want at the end of the day, in the process. How awesome is that? And collaboration
0: in this business is really what unlocks the greatest value at Dewpoint. To have people working with you, working as hard as you, working with all the belief that you have in yourself and in the business and in each other, that is what truly unlocks the greatest value in this business. And that's growth, growth and community. But it all starts with prospecting. It starts with going out and speaking to people, whether they people, you know, or people you don't know. And so hopefully this evening, people are able to reflect on their process. um, Just to understand, okay, how do I actually view this business? And again, I'm going to challenge you again. How convicted are you in the business? Are there cracks in your conviction? Because if there are, you need to deal with it. Head on, figure it out, deal with the issues that you might have or the doubt that you have, deal with it. There are people that can help you, uh, but don't shy away from it. Don't ignore it. Don't try to prospect in spite of it. You're going to do yourself a disservice. And I promise you, your numbers will be limited here at point because
3: you can't last through that. All right. Shani, anything you want to share at this point? That's the last of my slide.
2: Sure, thanks Rob. Um, Yeah, you added a lot to, I've made some notes here. Um, Grown quite a bit with that. I think I'll be unpacking this for some time to come. Um, Made me definitely think about how to unlock some potential Um, especially in duplicating.
3: Um, I think that really
2: if there's one area that I'd like to just touch on a little bit is on how to break the negativity cycle, Um, especially in this place where we've got so much negativity around us, you know, I know the vi- the vitality in, in your channel really comes from keeping the positive front on the outside. And again, you can't do that by pretending or sort of faking it. Um, so yes, believing in the business is is one thing, but again, believing in your ability to really help others with what you're doing and I find sometimes personally, you know, I can have a tough month and then I can go, like, Geez, is this really working for me? And then it's really, really tough to sit with someone who's battling and go, okay, now I can really help you. And I'm thinking I can't even help myself. How do we, and yes, I know we we can tap into some external videos and things like that, but how do we keep that positivity? Because, you know, you don't wake up thinking, I've got to say positive today <laughs> how do we how do we engage with that and sort of keep it as part of our branding that yes we believe in this business how do we take that forward so that it's we sell it on our channel yeah, so to our that, is,
0: that is absolutely normal to experience that right? It, and it doesn't matter what aspect of life that materializes in, it's going to materialize in all aspects of life, your faith, your marriage, uh, your job. At due point, there will always come a time where you doubt your ability, you doubt, uh, you're going to doubt your, uh, the value that you have in those environments, uh, whether things are working or not. It's absolutely normal. And so that's why community is so important. Um, And often when you are helping other people that can help you kind of clarify things in your head, when you've got someone else coming to you, you know, trying to deal with certain things, sometimes it's a reminder because often it is just a reminder for us to reflect and go, oh, is this business actually working? Is it going to work for me in the long term? It's been such a frustrating month. To be able to sit down with someone going through something similar and to and to mentor them and to remind them and go, okay, well, how do we address that? Okay, let's look at the business. Let's look at uh, the nature of the business. Everyone has a tough month. Yes, everyone has a tough month. What does this business offer me in the long term? Remind yourself of that. This business is paying me even if I've had a tough month. You could have had a zero month point is still going to pay you. And so there are all these aspects that you can reflect back on. um, But at the end of the day, you need to address it. The worst thing you do is you stick your head in the sand. You ignore it. You don't address it. You don't speak to anyone about it. uh, And you try to to forge ahead. You try to fake it until you make it. Uh, And that, unfortunately, is a weight which where the load becomes heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier, the more yeah. you ignore it, right? Deal mm. with it. Yeah. Uh, recognize it. Um, and, you know, and whether it's speaking to your partner about it or uh, speaking to myself or Brandon, speaking to your lead wealth engineer or speaking to your first pointers about whatever you're struggling with, but it's absolutely normal. You know, don't ever think that I'm saying to you, you must be positive regardless of the self-doubt that you have in your head. It's not about faking it. It's about being able to look at yourself and due point and being analytical where you can say to yourself rationally, yes, this business is worth getting through difficult months, difficult periods. You go look at a testimony like Lynette's. She had a whole year where she had no growth. A person like Lynette with zero growth for a whole year. Be realistic about it. I'm not asking anyone to be unrealistic about the prospects. We're not here with rose-tinted glasses on, trying to be part of what's the new term people use? Echo chambers. We're in the echo chamber. We're all patting each other on the back. We're all trying to remain positive. No. You need to be able to have enough self-awareness that you can look at this business rationally and go, The benefits of this business is why I'm staying involved, why I'm pushing. Yes, there are days that are difficult. There are weeks that are difficult. There might be months that are difficult. I might even have a difficult year in the business. But when I reflect on everything, if I look back at everything, if I compare it to what's going on around me, not about the noise and what people are just talking about, that's not critical analysis. That's just noise. Unless you're willing to spend time and carefully compare point to other businesses and what other people are doing and how you could otherwise invest your time, and if you can come back after investing that amount of time in analyzing the business properly and go, I'm in the right place, does that not empower you so much to be able to then walk in confidence instead of putting my head in the sand, ignoring that I have the self-doubt, trying to fake it till I make it, trying to motivate my team even though I don't feel motivated myself, (laughs) right? That doesn't work. And so you've got to face face the emotions that you have head on. Mm. I just hope that you are able to to deal with it rationally. We become irrational when we don't deal with what we have um, almost in an analytical fashion. And so you've got to step back. And often that's why community is so important because community, the people around you, Rob or Brandon, or whether you go speak to Nick or Nick goes to speak to another wealth engineer, they're able to speak to you from a point of view where they're not compromised emotionally. They haven't had the frustrating month. And so they can offer you, they can offer you help. They can offer you um, a perspective that isn't tainted by, whole string of no's that you've had
3: right so i hope that answers your question
0: shiny
2: it does very much and then i think it also lines up with at least 50 percent of my channel are probably 30 years old and younger and a lot of them will say to me <laughs>
0: uh, 30 years um, old and younger okay
2: yes you know we're so young middle-aged people and old people don't listen to me. And so it's, you know, they, they tend to be picky about who their target market is. And then they only try and sign in 18-year-olds who often don't duplicate or don't pay their product. And um, I was thinking a bit about that. I mean, I've been in sales since I left school. So 17, 18 years old, I hit my first corporate sales job. And I could never have taken one of my products to one of the older L&D managers, or one of the, everybody I was selling to were probably in their 30s or 40s at that stage. And I could never have said to my boss, I can't approach them because I'm only 18. He would have kicked my behind. <laughs> and so sometimes I think, Brendan often says we need to treat this like a real business, treat it like a real job, treat it like what it is. And I think sometimes our youngsters forget that they're working selling products from a legitimate corporate, and so why again, they need to build the confidence in the actual business and in themselves to know what they're offering, and it's got nothing then to do with their age. I think a very similar take on what you just said about you know the critical analysis when they get that right, it shouldn't matter how old you are, it should matter what you've got as an offering. When you get that right, you should be able to speak to anybody.
0: Exactly. Uh, you know, the mistake we make is anyone, you know, especially in my age category, if I look at uh, much younger people who are, you know, 18, 19, in their 20s, um, I try to reflect on how I saw the world uh, at that age. Like, obviously, what experience does an 18-year-old have or a 19-year-old have of, of life? You know, that doesn't mean uh, that DewPoint has less value to them. It means they've got less context to compare the value to. And so, you know, for someone who's coming out of school, um, I remember coming out of school, freedom was the biggest thing for me. Like, wow, I can do what I want. I've got a driver's license. I'm earning a little bit of money. This is the first time in my life I can do what I want, right? Um, and so it's really just about um, putting yourself in, in their shoes. And again, it's the serving mindset, not assuming how DewPoint can serve them, finding out how Dewpoint can serve them. Right, and so we've we've done exactly that. We we're busy with uh, Dewpoint's new website, and we've been very careful in being able to craft Dewpoint to target uh, different markets that have different sets of responsibilities. You know, and to a degree, we have boxed them together. But if you look at people who don't have families yet, they're still young. They've come out of school. There's different worries. There's different aspirations. Um, and for a 40-year-old to come in to a 20-year-old's life, um, it's most certainly going to take more of my time to understand them and to help them. It's way easier to get someone just like me to get them to understand point, right? But to go to, or if I had to go to my father and get him to understand dewpoint and to tell him, you know, it's great because you can do it from your mobile phone and and all these things. That's also going to take a lot of time. Where's the app store? He doesn't know what an app store is. I lie. He knows what an app store is. My dad's quite good on the phone. But you get my understanding is that people that aren't exactly like you, of course, you're going to spend more time. But I'm happy to do that because I have adopted the serving mindset. Well, what value is that? What value is there in it for me? Shouldn't I rather just target people my own age? Well, maybe. But if I can unlock the energy and the potential and someone who's not slaving away 10 hours a day for the family, if I can unlock a 20-year-old who's got all the time in the day, all the energy, all the passion, the hunger to learn, if I can unlock that person, well, maybe in the long term, there's way more value in approaching someone like that.
1: I like that, Rob. I really like that too. You know, it's like, so in other words, it's sometimes things are hard. So, so like to understand somebody like from that perspective, it's hard sometimes to like go through that process of understanding somebody, but you know, you, um, you but then, then you have some people like Michaela, for instance, you know, I mean, she's very, she's, she's young and, but she's decided she's going to learn. She's going to grow. She's going to improve. She's going to get better. She's going to, she's going to, Take take this tool. She's going to learn as much as she possibly can about it. So she's taking like a little bit of the hard route, um, and she's doing what's hard so that her life can become easy. Some people, what they do is they do it the other way around. They go, no, man, I'll, 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 let me let me just take the easy route. Here. the easy route is this, 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 or this. And then what happens? And then eventually, their life becomes hard. Um, so, so I really like what you're saying in terms of that. You know, be prepared to invest in yourself. Uh, invest your time uh, from a brand and this is personal branding once more because it's all about what it's about me caring about you it's about me taking time to get to know you it's about me doing something that can really gain your trust in some way or the other and, and eventually you'll look at me and i'll go man there's value in this relationship there's value in what you're speaking about i want more. i want to be a part of this i want to learn from you i want to be a little bit more like you i want to do what you do because you've impacted my life so I like that I eh, that's really cool man so it's about it's about doing what sometimes is hard and then eventually your life will become easier No, that's for sure like, you know
0: uh, okay. and you know one principle in life that remains true to get the greatest value out of life is always the more difficult path it is if you constantly choose the easiest path, if it's easier to speak to people in your age group, if it's easier only to prospect a couple of people a week and put tons of pressure on yourself to get those people signed up, that's easier because it takes less time. I want the study guide. Rob must tell me exactly what to do. point system must do exactly what I need it to do. Why? Because I've got so much pressure because I want to spend so little time on point so that I can get what I want. Um, no, those are all the easy options. The easy options don't result in success in this business. You've got to, unfortunately, and what the problem is, is those easy options are obviously backed up by confirmation bias. Yeah. We will trick ourselves into not looking at it as the easy way out, but the no, it's the better way out. No, it's not. You, your mind is tricking you into taking the easier. That's good, Rob. This the is. harder route is to prospect more, to endure more no's, to speak to people I don't typically relate to
3: younger people, older people, people of a different culture, serving people instead of trying to get a yes.
0: On the surface, all much more difficult options.
3: Mm.
0: But again, if we analyze it critically, if we start to think a little more about it, instead of having this knee-jerk reaction to all these decisions we make constantly, we can see that if we're in this for the long term, and typically people who operate out of a desperation mindset are not thinking long term, they're thinking short term. But if we're thinking about this business long term, I'm under no pressure to perform this month, if I get 100 no's this week, it's not the end of the world. I'm in this business for the next 30 years. Why am I so worried about one week's performance? It doesn't define my value as someone trying to do this business or the business itself. I'm way more open to learning. I'm way more open to spending time with people. I'm way more open to building this great culture in my channel rather than being a telesalesman who operates on once-off monthly commission where the yes, no is the most important result in the transaction. There's nothing else. (laughs) Right?
3: Yeah, that's good.
0: Do we operate out of fear or do we operate out of confidence in what we do? Are you scared to prospect or are you excited to prospect? Is it a burden to make a whole list of names, or am I excited to get new names? Oh look, this guy that just drove past me—he made the mistake of putting his cell phone number and his business <laughs> on his buggy. He's going to get a phone call from me tomorrow. <laughs> I smile when they drive past me with names and their phone numbers on their <laughs> on their business vehicles. Right? Your whole mindset, your life will change. If your mindset changes and we talk about being intentional, intentional is about your decision as to what you want to do. That's all intentional is. To be intentional about something is, I'm at liberty, like when you get your driver's license, I'm at liberty to decide where I'm going tonight. When I join Dewpoint, I'm at liberty to decide how I want to do this business.
3: Mm.
0: I don't have my boss looking over my shoulder. I don't have an employment contract defining what I do and how I do it. I can decide, and so I can be intentional. Right. I'm going to have a Facebook makeover. I'm going to be positive, not because I'm faking it, because it's good to be positive. Why? Because I'm going to be helping people. They don't want to see a sad person coming to them. How do I sell hope if I'm sad, if I'm grumpy, if I'm frustrated?
3: So I hope there's so much
0: to think about out of this development seminar. That's why I love these topics.
1: Yeah. No, it's a good because one. Because
0: it yeah. really goes to the heart of how we behave as wealth engineers. And that might spill over to the rest of your, your life. You might become a, a better spouse. <laughs>
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm sorry, trying to be. Your hands. Yes. I'm trying to be a better spouse, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so Rob, um, anyone? Sorry, man. I'm, I'm sure maybe you're going to go there, but um, okay. Any guys? Does anyone else have any questions from from a team perspective? Um, there were one or two questions earlier on, but I think you answered them. Um, anything on obviously maybe on Facebook?
0: Yeah, there were a couple of questions earlier on. Calvin asked, "What's the best way to get people interested?" Uh, that is such an open-ended question uh what what you should be asking calvin is am i asking people enough questions see what calvin's doing there is he's he he wants the the silver bullet tell me what to say to get people interested i'm sure calvin now after all of this has gone okay rob i know i know i know i need to ask questions i need to find out how this business serves people um exactly calvin uh Anna-Marie, struggling with the balance between following up and being annoying. Why are you annoying? Why do you feel like you're being annoying? You feel like you're being annoying because you're trying to sell to that person. If you were serving that person, you wouldn't feel annoyed. You would realize that that person ignoring you is you failing and showing that person you're trying to serve them. Okay, I'm going to be more intentional. My next person I speak to, I'm going to be more intentional. I am not going to get frustrated by them giving me radio silence because I'm not trying to get a yes. I'm trying to help people and I've got 10,000 other people to get to. So there's no pressure. And number two, I want the next person I speak to, to realize that I'm trying to help them because I really am. I'm not faking it. What are the questions that we get? Jamil, how many people have reached rank 10 and up? See, that's a question completely unrelated to, to what we're talking, to, uh, talking about. But let me try count them. We've got uh, Patrick and Pumi. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of rank 11s. I don't think anyone's on rank 10. Uh, Donnie is scraping the door of rank 10. but uh,
1: Hurry, Donnie. Come on, buddy. <laughs>
0: I think there must be four rank 11s. <laughs> hey guys, I'm business. trying. He's trying <laughs> oh. Donnie is great at uh, at serving people one of the best and that's why he's got he's got the the most wealth engineers on his first point who are doing what he does because Donnie is good at caring with the people that he gets into the business uh, and and not because he's faking it because he he truly he truly has the serving mindset at heart. Uh, he only wants to help people. And that becomes apparent because he forgets about dewpoint and he just wants to help you. Uh, and I'm sure Donnie will put his hand up straight away if you need help even to move house. Donnie will come help you move house. Mm-hmm. And he'll bring his mate Paul with because Paul sold you the house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so true, eh?
0: Uh, I don't see any other questions. Are there any
1: other questions in the chat? Anything from your side? I mean, it's always lovely to hear from you, my brother. It's always so nice that you popped in here. Um, But anything from your side? I mean, obviously, you heard the chat tonight.
4: You you, you know, guys, I was listening to Rob, and and we are talking about age and statistics. uh, and, And the one thing which I've learned is when you deal with people, nothing is guaranteed. I mean, you feel the one moment you feel like, no, the young people is a bit slow. And and then you find people like Laura or Veneche or Bronwyn or, or, or the people in, in their team, you know, and, and there's these school, they're still in high school and they're getting paid. Can can, can you believe this? They're not finished with school and they're earning. And, uh, it, can you just picture, we had none of that. And when Michaela set the trend and said, I'm going to be the first young person that believes this, uh, other people started believing it. And and soon it's going to be not difficult to sign up young people <laughs> because when you've got 10 guys going for it, it becomes self-evident. I mean, we've got grandparents earning six-digit incomes at in their point. You know, I've always said, if Omar's outperform me, maybe I should, you know, reset my mind. I mean, come on, guys, if Omar can do this, everybody can do this. I mean, the current wave... We got paid again today, and already our next pay is due the 17th of next month. 66 months, Rob, you guys paid us (laughs) nonstop, and every month is better than the month before. And people say, you know, um, I I want something permanent. (laughs) Guys, if they pay you 66, if a 100-year-old company pays you 66 times, I think you can relax. Put your head down and focus. Huh? It's there for the taking. Yeah, uh, and the thing is, is, the sad thing is, guys, people are not going to do it until we achieve it. Uh, we're the pioneers. They just, they don't, it, it's becoming more and more self-evident. I mean, these guys on my teams that actually got a thousand prospects lined up this week that wants to know what do you guys do. So, So we're getting better at this. I mean, Of course, we're falling behind. The clever people say, I think our population grows 80,000 people a month. So as we speak, we're falling behind. (laughs) We need lots of help. (laughs) Get us some people to help us because we're not going to run through those numbers. I mean, 400,000 matriculants, uh, and I've helped about 80 of them. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
4: I was going to try and qualify in the next two, three months. Guys, there's 400,000 out there. Help me, please. Uh, let, let's get to those guys. So the thing is, Rob, is that in fact what you say, you just have to get to the right person. There's people out there that's got his ducks in a row, and it doesn't matter if you're 80 or 18. You just need to knock on that guy's soul and show him, convincing him with a lot of self-belief what we've got, and just be there. Catch the questions, connect him to Rob and Brendan, to the head office. Um, you know, yeah, I'm excited. I'm sad what is happening in our country. And I'm glad sad because I feel I'm part of the solution. I mean, when things, you, you ask yourself, what can I do? But, but if you look at this, you know, Louis that passed away in my team, me and Bertus, we're still crying. We just talk, spoke about it. He's one of the top performers in our team. A month after he's not with us. What a legacy that you could, before you go to your eternal resting place, that you could be helping people. I mean, get out of mischief. Try, and you know, get people to, you know, you try and give people jerseys. You look at all that mess outside. I mean, there's just too many of them. You don't have enough jerseys to give to them. But what I can do is I can teach you how to help yourself. I can teach you how to help other people. But that's in again, if you're a teachable person. You know. Uh, some people are just not teachable. And uh, this is where wisdom comes in. So I'm glad, sad, excited. To Nick, you and Shani do excellent work. We pride. The only thing wrong with you guys, you're not on my team, but I love you anyway. <laughs>
1: we're on the, we're on the same team, Donnie. We're on the same so team. Yeah, <laughs> we're brothers. So, you you yeah. you make me cry, man. You're such a beautiful soul. I just um yeah, you, know, you you really you know that that's the whole thing. You know when when I think about somebody with um, you know that that really just takes that that branding and that and that epitomizes. A man, I I look at you, Donnie, and you just you're such an incredible soul. I love I love calling you my friend and my brother. And you you know you really do that. Like what Rob says, you, you really do that. You really are able to like hook into people. And you know, not my it's a chunk, and it's beautiful. It's amazing but, to see. Uh, Nick, and, uh, you
4: you say the darnest things, and I appreciate that. But if you speak <laughs> to my wife and children, they will tell you I'm not really that, that good. <laughs> um, you know, I'm pretty okay. flawed. <laughs>
1: I'm all flawed. <laughs> I promise yeah. you. Yeah. But
4: you know what? When, when, when you're battling in the truth, you just feel, you know, you're making a difference. My wife always says, "There's two things wrong with me: the one is I don't listen, and I can't remember what the other <laughs> thing is." <But> you know. <laughs> Oh, power. <laughs> you know, guys, let's go help people out there. Just one more approach, one more phone call, and and uh, you know, if, if 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 you miss a star, you still get a whole lot of sky, guys. So, so let's aim for the stars.
0: Awesome, thanks, Donnie, and good to see you online too. Um. Nick, any closing thoughts? Uh, I think it's been good. As I said to everybody, you know, we've got an entire development seminar that goes through uh, what we discussed tonight in a lot more detail. Uh, This was a lot more interactive. So these are great sessions because even though we're all uh, at home uh, and not around each other, we still get to spend time with each other. Even Nick shed a tear. So you can see the engagement is still authentic and it's rich. Uh, yeah. and it's and it's absolutely awesome that we have the opportunity to do that um, yeah. so guys remember it's it's this business is all about prospecting prospecting doesn't have to be a swear word in the in the process of dewpoint it can be something that can really give you fulfillment uh, yeah. but uh, it requires a bit of introspection first as to what your beliefs are in your business in yourself uh, and and how to achieve things we We have been lied to that we have to be egotistical to get what we want. That's how the system works, by the way, right out there. You've got to look out for yourself. In this business, we're saying, well, you don't. If you look out for other people, you can get what you want. Hmm. That sounds like more the lie than the other one. I've been led to believe that the former is true and the latter is a lie. Uh, and so it takes some reflection. It takes some self-awareness. Uh, and that's really the starting point. Uh, find out for yourself what works for you. Um, but, but it is all revealed in your ability to go out and speak to people. Mm-hmm. So it'll always come back to, to connecting people and uh, be reminded that if, you, if you're able to get this connecting people thing right in the next few months, you could be joining us. I uh, almost said where we were going to go away to. Uh, you could be joining us uh, for our Rank 9 trip in December. Um, and how awesome would it be if, uh, if those new 18-year-olds made it? Um, Donnie mentioned them. They joined two weeks ago. Their channel is sitting at nearly 100 people in the space of two weeks. They're still in high school. Wow. The energy of the young, right? Harness that. Uh, and so who knows who's going to be joining us at the end of the year. Um, there are a couple of front runners, uh, but we still have time to have a couple of surprises come through. But this is a long game, guys. I know we, we create these little incentives like the Champions Challenge that has a, uh, a date on it, uh, but the greater picture, the more valuable benefit is a lifetime game. Yeah, It's a lifetime game and beyond, as we saw. Uh, with Louis and the impact that he's still going to have beyond uh, the life that he's led. So I wish everyone a wonderful week. Uh, Brendan's going to be giving the intro presentation tomorrow evening. So tune in for that. It's going to be broadcast again on Wednesday and Thursday. I think Brendan's got a team works with those young people on Wednesday night. So you can tune in and get some insight as to what's going on there. Uh, That's very exciting. Uh, and again, on Saturday morning, and then remember, end of the month is uh, Super Saturday. Today, Movers and Shakers went out on Facebook. So if you missed that, go onto our Facebook page or in your email, your inbox, check out the Movers and Shakers. Uh, and as Donnie said, next month will be the 67th month that Dewpoint pays everyone on time to the cent. And if there's anything constant in your life, it must be this business. So lean on that. You can lean on that right depend on that and move forward have a wonderful evening thanks Nick and Shani for the great topic and we'll see you guys tomorrow night
1: thanks Rob good night
2: thank you Rob